0: Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. We are your source for market intelligence, Forecasts and success strategies. This segment is brought to you by Plum Lending Online Commercial Real Estate Loans. Visit GetYourPlumLoan.com. We have an incredible show for you today. We have Mark Grenison, Studio One. He's the global real estate investment funds leader for Ernst & Young. Now, they've just published the 2017 Global Market Outlook Report. We'll have a link to this report on the show website at CREshow.com. It's great read, great information. And, uh, Mark, welcome to the show thanks for being with us michael thank you so i'd like to ask you there's a lot of great information in the report and one of the things that i think a lot of people are curious about in the economy and in their business and especially in commercial real estate is the trump impact right trump so <laughs> yeah the it's trump, an
1: adjective now
0: trump yeah, trump <laughs> effect so you know he's talking about reducing tax rates yep. uh reducing uh regulations what do you think is going to happen to commercial real estate what will be the impact
1: look i think um it's been 98 days um, that he has been in office. So I think you have to kind of uh, evaluate what has been said and versus ultimate policy. You know, he has, uh, he and his administration have passed 38 executive orders. And so if you look at each one and say, okay, what does each one on, in isolation deal with commercial real estate or doesn't it affect commercial real estate? You know, by and large, they go into different buckets, but a lot of them are really pro-business, pro-growth. Um, a, a lot of them, um, but a lot of them are pretty open-ended. Evaluate, you know, determine, you know, how to make something more efficient. You know, evaluate, study Dodd-Frank, uh, consider. Um, obviously, there's a lot of the high-profile of of immigration and so on and so forth. But the stuff that affects us um, is a pro-growth. It's really oriented toward a three percent. GDP growth. They're trying to really come up with policies that affect you know good growth. Today we had the announcement of tax reform um, and, and the changes to the corporate tax rate that was announced just by Treasury Secretary this morning um, and the expectation to cut uh, the, te- the corporate tax rate to 15 percent. Um, you know so that's a, that's a big headline that's clearly a pro- pro-growth also to be able to repatriate dollars that are overseas at a 10 percent rate. Those are probably the, the headline events Again, I think both of them are positive, um, but like anything in Washington, um, that's the, uh, the opening bid. How it ultimately gets through um, the, the, the commerce, the, the, the houses of Congress, and ultimately the reconciliation uh, process, we'll, we'll see where we land. Um, I'm not sure it'll be 15, maybe, maybe it'll start with a two, uh, but either way, anything that starts with a two is better than 35%. For corporate tax rate
0: okay yeah so what do you think the chances are there I mean that's pretty hard to do <laughs> change actually <tax rates.
1: laughs>
0: you can't tweet it, right? It's
1: you have to collect four trillion dollars mm-hmm. um, for the government to pay the bills that's yeah. what you have to do so mm-hmm. as much as you say I'm gonna cut uh, something from 35 to 15 or 20 that there, there is, you, you're gonna create a hole that you gotta fill. Now dynamic scoring is like, okay, well we're gonna, as a result of a lot of productivity and activity, that uh, will stimulate the economy and great, create more tax receipts, more real estate activity. Um, true, the reality is that still there's a lot of Republicans that want to see some fiscal responsibility, and, and all of Congress for that matter, and so I think you're going to see a lot of people challenge What ultimately does that do to the budget uh, and the deficit?
0: Right. So do you expect some reduction in tax rates, both personally and corporation-wise?
1: Yeah, uh, okay. I, I I do. You know, for, ultimately, some of us were around um, when the Reagan uh, 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 tax reform went through, which was gigantic to real estate. And you know, I think. Um, It's an area that has to be done carefully. Um, There's a discussion of total expensing, meaning as soon as you buy a building, you get a full deduction. You would take away some of the um, interest deduction component. We're clearly a leveraged business. We rely a lot on debt for our capital transactions. If you have full expensing, you buy a building and you get to deduct everything that you invested in it, could that create an incentive to to buy a building just to offset some tax obligations. Is that a positive? That could clearly create dislocation in doing things just for tax purposes and less for economic purposes.
0: And that didn't work well
1: before 86. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. So, you know, I, I, I think our industry is very sensitive to tax reform. Um, the difference between uh, the Reagan days and where we are today is there are a lot of people that really understand our is- industry. And I'm hopeful that uh, all of the voices that are part of uh, the various committees, uh, you know, will carefully consider the facts and ultimately what lands uh, and, for policy.
0: And you mentioned Dodd-Frank. And I think, uh, you know, small banks also are a big part of, of real estate around the country for Businesses to get loans and, yep. and commercial real estate loans as well. Do you think there'll be some changes there that could impact commercial real estate?
1: It's it's one of the executive orders mm-hmm. is very clear uh, to study Dodd Frank. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my clients is a big uh, big investment bank, and uh, I can I'll, I'll never forget the day he he broke out his list of regulators and people that he has to respond to and the infrastructure it takes to respond to it. You know there is absolutely positive case of what is appropriate for Dodd Frank. The question is, is there areas that we could make it a little bit more efficient and find a, a, a balance of you know protection uh, for consumer protection and efficient execution of, of day-to-day business? I think a study of that that looks at that and tries to find that right balance, if done right, will be very positive and positive for our business and lending.
0: And you mentioned that you think that there will be some reduction in corporate tax rates and, yes. and, and personal income tax rates. So, obviously... Well, you tell me—is is that positive for retail? Is that positive for office? Uh, and of course, industrial doesn't need anything to be positive these days, it seems. But, well, you know, I look, mean, people have more money to spend, and and companies have more money to invest,
1: right? I, look, it's um, you know, it, it will create. Um, it will put more capital in flow through entities. Flow through entities uh, are good for real estate. Um, I, you know, I, I, I can see a number of different ways that'll it be beneficial. It certainly will will be a pro-growth step. Um, and the repatriation will certainly be a pro-growth step. I think both of them are we positive. We'll have to see exactly where how it plays out.
0: So when it comes to these, the Trump effect then, your clients that you talk to every day, and you guys study it here, at Ernst & Young, so did your outlook for commercial real estate uh, improve after Trump was elected? Or did your idea of the good times extend a little further? What was, has there been any change there?
1: I think the most important thing is we have been through a very slow period of 2% or less GDP growth for a very long time. And these policies are, you could argue, late-cycle stimulative policies. Um, the only concern I think I have is, is, you know, do we get to a point where we start pushing interest rates? Does a, you know, the handoff between monetary policy and fiscal policy is long overdue? It is very important that we legislate. The question is, is will the policies be constructive? or overstimulate We want interest rates to, we want them to imp- go up, but gradually.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm getting a little... Uh you seem to be optimistic, but also very cautious here <laughs> about what the Trump effect
1: is. We we have benefited. Yes, I, I'm I'm very cautious about uh, um, you know ultimately how policy lands. Very, very cautious about it.
0: Yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see what some stimulus to to the economy does. I mean, uh, it, you know, from what I hear, the, the corporate world is sitting on a lot of cash that they could invest and yeah. create more jobs yeah. and. Uh, and that hopefully we will have enough increased uh, income for personal income and, and spending to, to make it all work out and get our tax money back, right?
1: Look, we are, we are 10% of the economy. Yeah. We are the tools. We are the factories. We are the businesses. We are the buildings mm-hmm. that drive corporate America. As corporate America and the business cycle strengthens by you know, trillion, potentially trillions of dollars coming back on shore, may not be that big, but close. Um, That's a lot of liquidity. That's a lot of investable capital. I think that's positive, Um, certainly positive to our industry.
0: Yeah, it's certainly exciting and something to look forward to. And you mentioned interest rates, watching the increase there. I'd like to get your opinion on what to expect and how it might impact commercial real estate. Stay with us. I'm Michael Bull. This is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease commercial real estate? You're invited to contact Bull Realty for customized asset and occupancy solutions. Call 404-876-1640 or visit bullrealty.com. Video is powerful. Some of the biggest brands in commercial real estate have trusted us to tell their story. We are Barnes Creative Studios, Atlantis' premier commercial real estate video services, BarnesCreativeStudios.com. Are you in commercial real estate brokerage? Check out Apto. Created by and for commercial real estate brokers, Apto is the leading web-based platform for managing relationships, properties, listings, deals, and back office. Visit apto.com slash CRE show. Welcome back to America's Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. Thanks for being with us. This segment is brought to you by Excelligent, Building Data Everywhere, Excelligent.com. My guest is Mark Grinis. He's Global Real Estate Investment Funds leader with Ernst and Young. And they've recently published their 2017 Global Market Outlook. We'll have a link to this report on our website. And Mark, in the last segment, you we were talking about a Trump effect and interest rates and, and how that might impact uh, the economy and commercial real estate. So, so what do you think? What do you think for interest rate increases in the next couple of years?
1: Right. Well, I, I guess let's start by uh, you know, the inauguration where you know, we immediately started seeing the stock market move. We started, started to see the 10-year ten, ten move. So market participants were, had the expectation of of some growth, um, and uh, the ten-year started to move. It's since backed down. Obviously, we've seen some changes. So, you know, what ultimately is going to be the outcome? You know, is is strong growth going to really drive interest rates? I think I think you got to step back and look at where we've been for the last eight years. We have been through an incredible experiment of central bank policy. Um, We started a little bit before the financial crisis of central bank balance sheets at two trillion dollars. Today we're at 12. So you've had a central bank policy of quantitative easing, creating money and buying financial assets and really being a gigantic player in the marketplace, driving down interest rates and that's been going for some time obviously the Fed has slowed down but other EU and others are still um, spending a trillion dollars a year buying financial assets keeping interest rates stable that's a huge dynamic that controls interest rates and so the question is, is do we have any precedent to how does that unwind how does that you know experiment end um, does it ex- end gracefully and easily or do we have some fits and starts along the way? Does the, the central banks just let all the assets on these balance sheets run out? I think the answer is it, it should be able to manage a stable recovery. But I think the reality is you know, as much as uh, uh, interest rates have been a tailwind, the fact of the matter is they probably, interest rates and cap rates are going to be a headwind going forward.
0: So, what would you guess when you look into your crystal ball, you look into your <laughs> outlook?
1: Our, our lawyers tell us not to look into our crystal ball.
0: <laughs> well, we have one here. We won't tell them it's okay. here. Um, I mean, I mean the, well, the feds kind of indicated what they, they yeah. think they may do, so you know, yeah. what do you expect? Based on what they're saying.
1: Look, I, I think the you know an expectation of twenty nineteen mm. of one hundred and twenty five basis points going up. Um, you know that certainly is getting to to more normalized levels. Um, you you know, think
0: it may take that long to get that high? Uh,
1: Okay. You know, the way the market has really re- retraced, um, mm-hmm. you know, rates have really dropped back down, um, you know, messaging that maybe it might not be as, as strong as, as expectations were right. And at that, you know, I don't know if it's euphoric. It depends, I suppose, what your political leaning is, mm-hmm. but at least the period of uh, the, the response to the Trump election. So um, I think the rates have, have pulled back. Um, I think, really, when you think about GDP, we are getting close to full employment, so you know, will all of these pro-growth policies start to drive growth, a lot more productivity, growing GDP, and, and a, a consequently strengthen interest rates? I think it will.
0: Yeah. So, you expect 125 basis points increase by 2019. So how might that impact commercial real estate values and cap rates moving forward?
1: You know, they, they're not directly correlated, but obviously they're you know they uh, they, they follow a similar uh, follow the same trend line. Um, it's not it's not an immediate response, but um, you know they will they will they will trend up. They will follow the triple B. Um, you know is is most closely correlated. What does that mean? That means that headwinds from prices have got to navigate, NOI growth because clearly those two have an interplay. Where interest rates are today, they're pretty low, and so if if cap rates move 125 basis points, it takes a fair amount of NOI growth to offset that capital change um, as opposed to for capitalization rates. I actually think that's some of what we're seeing right now. If you look at transaction activity in the first quarter, it slowed. I think people are looking and setting up realistic expectations of where cap rates might be at termination. And that is creating, you know, some challenges in the bid ask of you know what where people are coming together on willing buyer, willing seller. So, um, you know, I think there's short term um, cooling, uh, but ultimately, a stronger economy is better for commercial real estate and better uh, in the long run.
0: Yeah, well, that's a good point. And, you know, we um, are headquartered in Atlanta. We have 30 brokers doing different property types and we're already seeing some um, indication of some ri- slightly rising cap rates, especially mm-hmm. on product type that is impacted maybe sooner than others, like single tenant net lease sure. properties where, where the NOI is more stable right. anyway. So you don't have that offsetting it. That's right. We're already seeing increases there. And I think as uh, we look at the, the second quarter Uh, results. I think we will see some increases. So what does that mean for foreign investment and deal volume in commercial real estate moving forward?
1: Yeah. Um, I think on the you know, the initial data looks like it's cooling. Um, And I think it has to be put in the right context. 15 and 16 were pretty robust, particularly 15 being a pretty high watermark. Uh, for transaction volumes. So everything is relative to that. Mm-hmm. If you step back and say 09 to 15 you know, that has been you know, simply a one-way train and incredibly strong. 16 a little bit dropped off the peak. and I think you'll see a little bit of a drop off again for 17. Uh, for but still robust overall deal volume. So you know, on a same store basis clearly the, there, is a, there is a pullback underway. Um, on an aggregate absolute dollar, there's still incredible, you know, strength and a healthy deal volume in the marketplace.
0: What about foreign investment in the U.S.? What do you expect uh, moving forward there?
1: You know, the you know the the, the headline obviously is China. They invested 20 billion dollars uh, in commercial real estate in 16. You know, that is a, a significant allocation of capital and a, a, a clearly a market mover. We, you know, each. Transaction. I don't think there was one, if, if or, or many, if any, that were less than a billion dollars. Yeah. So these are big juggernaut transactions um, that are looking to uh, to to invest. Um, I think. I think you have to look at where to invest overall. If you take Finland, they've allocated you know, a little more than thirteen percent of their investable assets in real estate. Japan 5 percent. The biggest pension fund in Japan trillion dollar pension fund just said we need to increase our allocations to real estate. We need to invest in alternatives. So you, you have players, global players that are looking around the world to where to invest. You know, Allocations are still you know, uh, under allocated in many of the major countries like Japan and others. I expect that transaction volume and that capital to continue to flow into U.S. real estate.
0: And the quick answer to this: Do they feel like Trump is a good reason to maybe look at more of the, more investing more in the U.S. or less? <laughs> 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 as, he, he is a real estate guy.
1: <laughs> as uh, as one of my clients, and and I I spent a fair I spent uh, almost seven years in Japan and mm-hmm. looked at all of the countries in Asia and when you look around the world um, investing in real estate needs a lot of uh, elements rule of law ability to exit some level of transparency significant in size to get enough capital to work there are key elements of where around the globe if you pick a place that kind of falls into that institutional investor box and the US is 60%, has been capturing 60% of all of those dollars and there's a reason for that. Rule of law, investable assets, you know, key institutional quality real estate, it shows up on everyone's list. I don't expect that changing anytime soon.
0: Yeah, well, and that's good news for, for the US. Hi, right, so we're gonna take a short break here. We're getting back, we'll have more on the commercial real estate outlook from Mark. Stay with us, I'm Michael Bull. This is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. Check out Valuate, a real estate analysis program that can be easily shared with colleagues online to do what-if analysis. Visit GetValuate.com. That's GetValuate.com.
1: Buildout, the best all-in-one marketing tool for your brokerage. Learn how you can create marketing materials instantly and streamline your property listings process. Visit Buildout.com.
0: Welcome back to America's Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Ball. This segment is brought to you by Valuate Online Investment Analysis. Visit GetValuate.com. Well, my guest is Mark Grennis. He's the global real estate investment funds leader at Ernst & Young, and he's also author of the 2017 Global Market Outlook. We'll have a link to this report on our website at CRE.show. That's right, CRE.show. We don't need .com anymore. And, uh, Mark, one of the things I think that is curious and on the minds of our listeners and viewers uh, is the impact of changing technology on commercial real estate. It seems like technology has been changing faster all the time mm-hmm. and you know might that impact the functional obsolescence of buildings and you know it, what what do your fund leaders and what do you guys see moving forward and and how technology is impacting everything?
1: Well uh, obviously we follow real estate mm-hmm. but we're also a major corporate user. We probably spend somewhere near a billion dollars a year in rent so we are uniquely focused on you know, how to use real estate. We are, in our professional service business, we are a people business. And uh, as you look about how you know, half of the people we hire are less than 34 years of age. So we have to be uniquely focused on how real estate interacts with our people and brings out the best in our people. And technology is a key component to that. Um, as, as we've moved, and, and, and this is kind of a well-documented office of the future, but I think that case study is now kind of coming to a close. We know what it is. The 250 square foot per person with the oak paneled office in the corner and the partner and so on and so forth, I've got my desk, I've got my phone, it might be different the next day, um, and it is no longer you know this kind of uh, landing zone. It is a temporary work location and a place to collaborate with my employees. And technology is an incredible part of that. So you know, is, it, is it death to real estate, you know, all of this innovation? No, it's, it's the uberization. How do we get it in use all the time and use it in its most productive capacity? I really think innovation is going to affect um, all of our asset classes in one way or another uh in, in that manner
0: right so my our clients your clients that own a, office buildings what should they think about moving forward to make their buildings more uh more wellness oriented more yep. sustainability oriented it yep. seems like a lot of the buildings i go into you know they have old lighting and, and they're not yep. using a lot of sustainability practices and when i ask. You know, they have their excuses, but they don't seem to have much merit to me. <laughs>
1: like... if, you, uh, if you go in an older building and compare it to a you know, state-of-the-art uh, lead certified type building, you know, the uh, energy utilization can oftentimes be 6x from one to another. Yeah. Um, 50% of the population is in buildings. 40% uh, of all energy consumption is in buildings. Uh, 25% of water is in buildings. So there is this huge potential on how to use it efficiently. There have been a number of studies of how technology can make it much more efficient, cost-effective, saving. It needs to be economical, too. It, 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 adoption is, is best implemented when there's a, there's an economic benefit. Um, and the, the, the studies are with with effective Technology uses you can save anywhere from three to thirty percent of that BOMA you know, energy utility waste expense item. You can cut it by that degree. Put a, put a good cap rate on that. That's a significant capital savings. I, I would probably argue you know each building is different, and it's a generalization. Obviously, newer buildings uh, less of an impact. Older buildings massive impact. So. Along those continuum, those property owners really need to think about the state-of-the-art building management systems that really monitor and track how things are utilized, how they're, um, how they could be utilized more effectively. That's where the savings comes from. And
0: what about the design of these buildings, Mark? I mean. It- there's talk that maybe these parking lots will become obsolete that you know uh, well, that we want need them and uh, you know we have we have a lot of things being delivered to to apartment complexes and office buildings and you know we have uber coming in and we need something for them what are your tips for office building and other real estate owners ready to kind of adapting
1: yeah look um the uh... I, I heard about the uh, the three hundred thousand uh, uh, dollar parking space in in uh, in Brooklyn, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, is that, uh, that going to prove to be a a good investment uh, uh, ten to fifteen years from now? When and I guess maybe that you could argue that would pay for a lot of Uber rides. Um, look, I think um, w- we are in a we are entrepreneurs in real estate. We know how to figure out highest and best use. I mean, look, you're seeing it in, in retail and other property types where certain uh, buildings that had a, were designed for a certain function are clearly best changed. You know, if the anchor tenant was a big box retailer, you know, maybe an alternative use into some kind of wellness and living type uh, alternative use in a mall will, will be much more advantageous and maybe you can get more rent. A lot of that, whether the building owners, the the, the parking space, I'm convinced that wherever people are and reside and want to live, they will figure out a highest and best use, but it may be something different.
0: Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up retail because I think a lot of people are also curious about that, and you guys are studying the market. You guys are talking to a lot of these large funds that own and are investing in these properties. What's the overall feel about retail real estate today?
1: uh, (laughs) Retail is, uh, elements of it are absolutely doing fantastic. Um, and, and clearly you know, there are elements of it that are not doing fantastic and are suffering from you know, the, the implications of online. So it's a wide continuum of, of what it is. I think some of these are going to be, you know, the high end are going to be reinvested in and are going to you know, continue to just be these shining stars for people of where they want to live and congregate and, and socialize and have um, a, a good experiences shopping and eating and entertainment. The ones down here may have to be something different. You know, they may have to change its its ultimate use, um, and it may not be a big box, you know, distribution type uh, retailer. It may be something different. Uh, it may be, uh, it may be a theater. It may be a bowling. You know, who knows what it's going to be? It obviously depends market by market. But um, some of those are going to need to change, and are changing.
0: Yeah, well, that's a good point. It comes back to the old adage, right? Uh, location, location. Yep. Location, and uh, we're going to take a short break. When we get back. Let's mark about some tips and strategies for investors and owners from this report. So stay with us. I'm Michael Bull. This is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. Hi, this is Michael Ball. Check out Plum Lending, the one to $25 million commercial real estate specialist. Plum offers you speed, certainty, and preferential turns because it's all driven by technology. Visit getyourplumloan.com. That's getyourplumloan.com. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and you're watching or listening to America's Commercial Real Estate Show. This segment is brought to you by Apto, your brokerage in the cloud. Visit apto.com. My guest is Mark Grinness. He's Global Real Estate Investment Funds Leader with Ernst & Young. They just put out this 2017 Global Market Outlook. And what I'd like to get from you, Mark, is some tips, some strategies, some takeaways here that, based on this report people who maybe uh, run companies and use a lot of space yep. or they own commercial real estate? What should we get out of this to for some tips moving forward?
1: Well, uh, you know, we start the report and uh, we first kind of take a big uh, big picture view and we characterize this business as, are we in a, a golden age of, of private equity or are we in fading glory? Meaning kind of like a late cycle mm-hmm. um, and, it, and the optics. I, I think we have, you know, Real estate has really taken its, its kind of rightful place along the other investable assets. It's really got the attention of the institutional investors and where allocations really all across um, you know, globally are looking at commercial real estate as something that they should be investing in. There's a commercial out, you know, the old adage of 60-40 should be your allocation between bonds and equities. And there's a commercial out there now that says, well, no, it's not that anymore. You need to have 20% in alternatives. Well, guess what? That's us. That's um, us. And, and we've uh, we, we, we found our kind of our rightful place amongst all other asset classes. So you know, what, what, I, I, I think the investment capital is there. The key takeaway is certain you're listening to those investors and providing the products that they really want to. We looked at by property type and what investors are looking for and what the managers or the operators of these, of these vehicles are looking to invest in. And they aren't always exactly in line. Uh, they're looking at student housing. They're looking at healthcare, While a lot of the managers and operators are saying, look, I really want to be in development. And mm-hmm. some of the investors don't. So carefully reading where the investor class is and figuring out the right product for the time, open-ended fund closed-ended fund, separate accounts, all the different vehicles that are tailored toward that investors globally, because now you're really servicing a global uh, source of capital.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. And you mentioned some various sectors uh, in your outlook. Is there certain sectors that uh, you would recommend?
1: We, uh, you know, obviously I think the, uh, you know, Europe is starting to see signs of recovery and there might be a great entry point. I think we, we feature a number of countries around, around the world. Obviously, uh, um, China is starting to really, even though there's been a lot of leverage and a lot of focus on it, um, you know, the, that's one that we gotta look at carefully and watching. But uh, around the US, a lot of the dollars that have gone into maybe the core markets are really starting to peel off a little bit and looking at some of the secondary locations. A lot of the New York and L.A.s are starting to migrate a little bit to the Floridas, the Denvers, the Las Vegases. Not to say, in total, the biggest allocation of dollars will be New York, California will get absolutely its fair share, but we're seeing a little bit around the edges, those in search of yield are starting to to look at some of those secondary locations uh, as opportunities to provide above-average returns. So I think that trend will continue.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. You know, we're headquartered in Atlanta and and uh, we do um, investment sales all over the southeast and we are seeing more Activity in places like Raleigh and Nashville and Atlanta and uh, of course Miami's always been hot, but uh,
1: big big markets are always safe but uh, uh, Some of the secondaries will start to start to see some dollars
0: But what about sectors moving forward when you when you look at an outlook at you know Are there certain sectors as well in in the u.s. You mentioned? Saint student housing you mentioned medical You know are there certain sectors you guys like?
1: I, you know, look. I think the, I, I mean, multifamily has held up very, very robust. Uh, but it, it feels a little bit late. Mm-hmm. But when you think about in a rising interest rate environment and a, and a growing environment, does assets that reprice on a monthly basis or every six months or every year, you know, a, a good fit uh, for where we are in the cycle? I think it is. I think you have to be cautious. Single family housing, finally, the 30-somethings. Are deciding that maybe it's time to settle down, and so the suburbs are going to start to see some activity. So um, I'm, I'm a little bit uh, the, the the suburb was dead was a theme uh, a few years ago. I completely disagree. I think uh, I think the suburbs will see some strength in the next couple of years. Certainly, single family housing will yeah. as well.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned multifamily and, and single family, and I think the, another aspect there is that you know if rates do rise and it makes harder for Home buyers to buy, that could be a boom for multifamily moving forward.
1: It continues to be a favorite uh, amongst uh, investors. Survey yeah. and uh, like to see some dollars allocated to the asset class. Yeah,
0: clients. yeah. I know our investors in, in multifamily. This, I so, say, you know, people have to live somewhere.
1: Yeah, <laughs> 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 and I think I think the one um fact of there's been a lot of doubling up uh, you know the uh, the six people in the uh in the t- the 20 square foot flat in new york they find that when they get out into the suburbs they actually will will use more space and that doubling up effect um you know i think will will kind of rear itself in a positive way for absorption and demand yeah so uh
0: what about a tip for the
1: basement will no longer be occupied <laughs> that's it'll, right will t- turn into a unit
0: that's my main game <laughs> <up there. laughs> what about a tip for our listeners and viewers related to cyber security it seems like you know that's always a scare whether you run a company or, or a building
1: I I don't want to end on a downer or anything <laughs> scary mm-hmm. uh however we are a, uh, an industry that moves big dollars um, and big transactions, and it's an area that is fruitful for phishing, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, it, it is something that has to, as we get more technological, our building systems are integrating that have internet feeds, that, have, that are online, that face, you know, there are open platforms to the internet, they will be targets and a strategy of managing all of, the, all of your uh, platforms, your hard drives, your encryption, you have to have a plan. Just changing plat- passwords is not a plan. Yeah. You gotta have a bigger plan. Um, and, and as we go forward with a lot more innovation, it'll become more and more important.
0: Yeah, well good point. And there's more information in the 2017 Global Market Outlook, check it out. We'll have a link on our website. Mark, great information as usual. Thanks for joining us. Enjoyed it,
1: thank you very much. And thanks
0: for joining us out there on the radio stations, on YouTube, or the show website, or some of the podcast sites. We appreciate being with us. Come join us next week. We're going to have a show called Power Your Business with Integrated Technology. You don't want to miss that. Until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh and join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty, asset and occupancy solutions. Excelligent, building data everywhere. Plum Lending, online commercial real estate loans. Get Valuate, online investment analysis. Apto, your entire brokerage in the cloud. And Buildout, the marketing tool for your brokerage.